Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. Welcome to the Investing Insights Podcast from Morningstar. In this week's podcast, Dave Sakara shares the top stock picks for the third quarter, Russ Kinnell finds a place to hide from interest rate risk, and Christine Benz covers some strategies for a bear market. Let's get started. Here is Dave Sakara from Morningstar Research Services with three household names in the communications sector. Hi, I'm Dave Sakara, the Chief U.S. Market Strategist here at Morningstar. The slowing rate of economic growth, tightening monetary policy, high inflation, and rising interest rates have all led to a steep sell-off across the stock market in the second quarter. According to a composite of the nearly 700 stocks that we cover that trade in the U.S., we view the broad U.S. market as now being undervalued, trading at a 17% discount to our aggregated fair value. Nowhere is this more evident than the communications sector, which has been the hardest hit this year. Over the first half of 2022, the communications sector has fallen 31% as compared to the 21% decline across the broad stock market. So based on the fair values of the stocks in this sector, we calculate that communications is now trading at a 37% discount to our valuations. While there is a large number and a wide variety of companies within the communications sector, there are three wide moat rated companies trading at significant discounts that we find particularly attractive. Those are Disney, Comcast, and Meta. Disney is currently rated five stars and is trading at over a 40% discount to our fair value. Media companies, including Disney, are in the midst of rolling out their content onto their own streaming platforms. This has led to a short-term disruption in performance, but we think Disney remains the best-situated traditional media firm to navigate the transition to streaming. Comcast, also rated five stars, and trading at a 33% discount to fair value. Now, Comcast has been under pressure from slowing broadband consumer growth and concerns surrounding increased content costs. However, we still forecast that Comcast will grow its broadband revenue through the combination of modest consumer additions and solid pricing power. Finally, Meta is rated five stars and trades at almost a 60% discount to our fair value. We think the market is being overly pessimistic regarding the decrease in ad prices following privacy measures rolled out by Apple. In our view, with its large and still growing user base, Meta remains one of the premium platforms for the long-term secular growth in digital advertising. For greater detail on the analysis for any of these stocks and the other companies that we cover, please visit Morningstar.com. Thank you. Expand your investing horizons and look to the long-term with Morningstar's podcast, The Long View. Join hosts Christine Benz and Jeff Patak as they talk to influential leaders in investing, advice, and personal finance. Search for and subscribe to The Long View today. Now, Russ Kennel from Morningstar Research Services reveals his short-term bond picks. If you're worried about bonds and stocks, where do you hide? Short-term bond funds are not a, not a bad place. Interest rate risk is measured by duration, and the funds with the shortest duration are ultra-short bond funds, followed by short-term bond funds. These funds generally have very small losses when interest rates rise. That safety doesn't come free, though. If inflation is 6% and your short-term bond fund yields 2%, you are losing money in real terms. Fidelity Conservative Income Bond Fund has a duration of just one-tenth of a year. As a result, it lost less than peers in the first half of 2022, but the upside, of course, is quite limited. The bronze-rated fund takes on very little credit risk as well, 
So really, it's just a tiny step up from a money market in terms of risk and reward. Vanguard Short-Term Bond Index is a step up in risk and return profile. It has a duration of 2.7 years and a high-quality portfolio to limit credit risk. The fund is heavily weighted to government bonds, but it does have a slug of high-quality corporate bonds as well. The silver-rated fund charges just seven basis points, so nearly all of the yield from the portfolio flows through to you, uh, the investor. If you're investing in a taxable account, take a look at a short-term muni fund. Vanguard Limited tax-exempt is an excellent choice. Once again, you're getting low costs and high quality. Returns are modest, but so are the risks. All of these funds work well as a second source to go to for cash after your money market and savings account. They are boring, but they play a useful role in a portfolio. Next, Christine Benz from Morningstar Inc. talks tax strategies for a bear market. Hi, I'm Susan Jabinski from Morningstar. Both stocks and bonds have struggled so far this year, but there might be a silver lining. You may be able to find a way to lower the taxes due on your portfolio. Joining me to discuss three tax strategies for a bear market is Christine Benz. Christine is Morningstar's Director of Personal Finance and Retirement Planning. Nice to see you, Christine. Good to see you, Susan. So, Christine, let's start out with a strategy that's generally pretty popular during down markets, and that's tax loss selling. Um, Why can the strategy be beneficial, and where should investors be looking if they want to try to find some candidates for tax loss selling? Right. The strategy can be super beneficial if you have taxable holdings that have fallen in value since you purchased them. So they're trading below your your cost basis. If you sell them, you can book the loss and you can use that loss to offset capital gains elsewhere in your portfolio. If you don't have capital gains, you can use them to offset up to $3,000 in ordinary income. And you can also carry those losses forward. So if you don't have a need for them in 2022, but nonetheless want to sell some depressed securities from your taxable account, you can carry them over, carry those losses over into future tax years. So it's a super effective strategy. I think a great use case for tax loss selling is if you have highly appreciated securities elsewhere in your portfolio that you know you should reduce, but you have been worried about the tax bill in cutting them back. Having those tax losses can provide a good way to offset those gains. So you can do some portfolio maintenance at the same time you engage in tax loss selling. In terms of where to look for tax loss sale candidates, the obvious places, the things that have fallen the most in 2022. So stocks, especially growth-oriented stocks, that whole growth column of our mutual of our mutual fund style box would be a place to look. Uh, the technology sector, to the extent that you have technology sector funds or individual technology stocks, cryptocurrency, to the extent that you were late to the party and were dabbling in cryptocurrencies, those might also be candidates for tax loss selling. And then, Christine, what are the rules around then rebuying those same securities? 
Well, that's the rub. And that's called the wash sale rule, which basically says that you can't turn around and rebuy the same security or what the IRS calls a substantially identical security without essentially negating the tax loss. So you do need to be careful. There are some workarounds, though. So, you know, an example is maybe you had an actively managed large cap growth fund in your portfolio that you want to cut. You could swap into a large cap growth oriented exchange traded fund, an index tracking fund. So there is a little bit of art to it, but there is a way to circumvent the wash sale rule while maintaining economic exposure to a similar part of the market. So a second strategy for investors to consider would be converting traditional IRA assets to Roth IRAs. So why is that a good bear market strategy to pursue? Well, for one thing, your balance is probably depressed, assuming you didn't have energy stocks in your portfolio or something like that. And when you're doing conversions, you really are looking for two key things to line up. One is that your balance is depressed. Well, we have that for most people. And then another thing you want to be looking for is that you personally are in a low tax year for one reason or another. Your income is low, or maybe you have a lot of deductions. If those things line up, that would tend to be a particularly ripe environment for uh, doing conversions. For a lot of people, just one of those things will be the case where their balance will be depressed. So I think it's really important to get some advice from a tax advisor to find out whether perhaps you can convert just enough of that traditional IRA to a Roth to avoid uh, or to reduce the the taxes due upon the conversion. And I should say that the key reason that you'd even want to consider doing a conversion in a market environment like this is that it can potentially lower the taxes due upon that conversion. And then lastly, Christine, what about for investors who have to take required minimum distributions or RMDs? Are there any sort of tax strategies that they should be considering in a market like this? Well, one evergreen strategy, not necessarily a bear market strategy or a down market strategy, is to look at qualified charitable distributions, the QCD, where you are steering a portion of your IRA up to $100,000 to the charity or charities of your choice. Those contributions are not taxable. So that's just a great strategy to consider year in and year out. One interesting thing is that the age limit for that QCD is 70 and a half. It's not 72, as is the case for required minimum distributions. So you can potentially get that started even before you're subject to required minimum distributions. Another strategy I would call out, Susan, and it's not one that will lower your tax bill, but one that might make you feel a little better about the positioning of your portfolio is uh, taking an in-kind distribution for your required minimum distribution. So if there are securities in your portfolio that you don't want to disrupt, that you want to continue to hold, you can transfer them to a taxable brokerage account through what's called an in-kind distribution that'll satisfy your qualified or will satisfy your required minimum distribution. You'll, your tax bill will be the same, but you can maintain exposure to those categories that maybe you wanted to hang on to. So that's something worth exploring in this environment where many, many people have securities in their portfolios that they would like to continue to hold as a portion of that, that portfolio. 
Well, Christine, thank you for your time today and for these tax strategies in a down market. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Susan. I'm Susan Javinsky with Morningstar. Thanks for tuning in. Lastly, here is Christine with tips for how retirees can take control in a down market. I'm Susan Javinsky with Morningstar. Both stocks and bonds have taken a beating so far this year, and as a result, some retirees may be feeling dispirited. Joining me to discuss three take-control strategies for retirees is Christine Benz. Christine's Morningstar's Director of Personal Finance and Retirement Planning. Hi, Christine. Good to see you. Hi, Susan. Great to see you. So let's start out by talking about, and that's probably obvious, but why are down markets especially unsettling for retired investors? The big reason, I think, is that for retirees, their portfolios probably feel like a finite resource. So when they see them dwindle, they obviously worry that there may be implications for their spending in retirement. Will they have to spend less? Will they have to cut out things that they're enjoying in retirement? So there's that aspect of it that I think is kind of an evergreen issue with retirees in down markets. One issue that has been a little bit different this time around is that retirees haven't necessarily had good performance to offset good performance from bonds to offset their falling stocks that we've had poor performance from both stocks and bonds this year. And I think that has contributed to this period feeling especially unsettling for a lot of retirees who thought they were doing the right things by building a balanced portfolio. So uh, what stage of retirement an investor is in? What sort of impact or how does that affect how that investor should be thinking about a weak market? This is really important, Susan. And in general, a weak market is negatively impactful, especially for people who are very early in retirement or even people who are approaching retirement. And the key reason is that at this life stage, your portfolio is usually at its largest. So if it incurs big losses at this time and you don't make changes to your spending, if you're overspending from a portfolio that's simultaneously dwindling, that just leaves less less in place to repair itself when the markets eventually recover. So that's sequencing risk. That's why we often evangelize about the importance of being willing to adjust spending or potentially adjust your asset allocation as you are coming into retirement so that you can be ready in case the market sells off in this way. So let's get into the the strategies you wanted to talk about today. And that first one does relate to spending and sort of perhaps rethinking or adjusting your spending in retirement in a weak market. That's right. We now have a really deep body of research, including some of the work that we did on the topic of retirement distribution strategies last year that points to the value of varying your portfolio withdrawals if you possibly can, that it helps improve your portfolio sustainability after over that long time horizon. So if you're able to take less in down markets, that means that you could potentially take more in up markets. The tough part about telling people to cut their spending right now is that we also have inflation. And that makes it very difficult for people to curtail expenses because we're seeing inflation come on strong in some categories that are kind of fixed, non-discretionary categories where people don't have a lot of leeway. But ideally, if you can cut spending a little bit during this period as your portfolio is down, that will leave more in place to recover when the markets eventually do. 
Now, another strategy you talk about to consider is doing a cost audit. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what a cost audit would achieve for a retiree who might be concerned about the weak market and how one would go about doing it. Right. I often think of Jack Bogle's uh, great comment, which is that you get what you don't pay for in investing. And in contrast to cutting your spending, this one should be relatively painless. You just want to go through your portfolio, look at your fund expense ratios. Those are really the low hanging fruit that uh, if you can potentially swap into lower cost investment funds, it often sets you up for better performance than you would have in the higher cost investment products. And don't just stop with the fund expense ratios. Look at the whole array of costs that you're paying. If you're paying a financial advisor, that can certainly be money well spent, but just make sure that you're getting good value for your money. And then also look at the whole array of administrative fees that you might be paying. The good news is that many of these fees have felt some serious downward pressure over the past decade, but you still may be paying some account maintenance fees, really nickel and dime your investment providers in this environment. And then lastly, Christine, your final strategy relates to required minimum distributions from tax deferred accounts. Is there any way to sort of soften the blow there? Well, the tax bill is kind of is what it is. It's set based on your balance at the end of 2021 that will dictate how much RMD you need to take for 2022. One evergreen strategy, not necessarily a down market strategy, is to look at a qualified charitable distribution where you send a portion of your IRA to a a charity. And the good news is that if you do that, you uh, the amount that you do contribute to charity will escape taxation altogether. Another strategy that I think uh, pertains specifically to down markets is the idea of taking your distributions from your R- from your RMDs from your IRA- IRAs in kind. So if there are securities that have fallen in value that you want to maintain economic exposure to, you can take them and transfer them to a taxable account, to a brokerage account. The tax bill on that distribution will be the same, but if you don't need the funds for your living expenses, you can maintain those same securities just in a different silo. So I think that that can be a nice strategy for retired investors who do want to maintain positions, even though they are subject to required minimum distributions. Well, Christine, thank you for your time today and for these strategies for retirees in a down market. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Susan. I'm Susan Jabinski with Morningstar. Thanks for tuning in. That does it for this week's Investing Insights podcast from Morningstar. We hope you have enjoyed our program and we welcome your feedback. Please send your comments and questions to podcast at Morningstar.com. From everyone here at Morningstar, thanks for listening. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Morningstar Inc. and its affiliates. Morningstar and its affiliates are not affiliated with this guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. Morningstar does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered tax advice. Please consult a tax and or financial professional for advice specific to your individual circumstances.
Morningstar Research Services LLC is a subsidiary of Morningstar Inc. and is registered with and governed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Morningstar Research Services shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decision.